the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. There are two aspects to the question of the legitimacy of the last presidential election. One is, was there cheating? And cheat? Well, there are three questions. Was there cheating? Did the cheating enable Joe Biden to win? That is to say, without cheating, he would not have won. And third, is cheating the only question that honorable people can ask? So, I have been agnostic on the cheating, not that I don't believe that cheating occurred, that, but I don't know that it was decisive. I have felt, I have said that, felt that, I don't like, like felt, it doesn't matter what I feel, unless I decide it, I decide to emote. And so I, I am agnostic, I have been from the beginning, I do not claim that uh, Mr. Biden is not the president. Uh, on the other hand, I am not certain that there was a fair election. So I, I, I don't know. Had there been some form of ability, some way to actually look into this honorably, it would have made a lot of us, I think the majority of Republicans, uh, the majority of the people who voted for Donald Trump, much more at ease about the last election. However, the third question is the dispositive one for me. What else was done? in order to have a Democratic candidate win. It's irrelevant if it's Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders, or anybody else. In light of that, I read to you from the wonderful Molly Hemingway at The Federalist. J6, that's January 6th, hysteria is how media and other Democrats are avoiding accountability for their rigging of the 2020 election. Rigging doesn't mean that cheating was done in the count. Rigging is rigging. Follow. Tech oligarch Mark Zuckerberg, one of the world's wealthiest and most powerful men, spent $419 million, nearly as much as the federal government itself, to interfere in the government's management the government's management of the election in key states. Powerful tech oligarchs and corrupt propaganda press conspired to keep indisputably important news stories, such as allegations of corruption regarding the Biden family business, hidden from voters in the weeks prior to voting. Information operations were routinely manufactured about President Trump in the closing months of the campaign, including the false claim that Russians paid bounties for dead American soldiers, and Trump didn't care, and that Trump had called dead American soldiers losers, 
Both were disputed by dozens of on-the-record sources. In other words, the staggering amount of interference by the wealthiest Americans, specifically Mark Zuckerberg, in tipping the scales of the election toward the Democrats, the lies that the media engaged in to defame President Trump, the lies of omission that the media engaged in to defend Joe Biden, they're pretty important. Effective conservative voices were censored by the social media, the arms of the Democratic Party. And all this was done after the establishment spent years running an unprecedented resistance, quote-unquote, that falsely claimed that Trump was a traitor who had colluded with Russia to steal the 2016 election. With the exception of a single Time magazine article admitting there was a conspiracy by a well-funded cabal of powerful people who worked to change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information to create a revolution in how people vote, corporate media have largely kept silence about or downplayed how the establishment secured its victory for their man, Joe Biden. The media and other Democrats have used the January 6th riot at the Capitol as a way to ignore legitimate concerns about what they did to the election system and as a way to continue the assault on election security. As part of the political operation, they have used the propaganda technique of redefining efforts to secure the integrity of elections as attacks on democracy. Don't you hear that all the time, right? They're trying to suppress the vote and attack democracy by trying to keep elections simply honest. The 2020 campaign to destroy election security by flooding the system with tens of millions of mail-in ballots was run by Mark Elias, a braggadocious Democrat attorney and former general counsel for Hillary Clinton, who also ran the Russia collusion hoax that seriously damaged the country. In fact, one of his partners in this scheme was recently indicted by Prosecutor John Durham for lying about his role in the hoax. Elias and his, quote, well-funded cabal of powerful people, unquote, are hoping to make permanent or even expand the weakening of election security. The propaganda press have also downplayed Zuckerberg's staggering $419 million dollars of expenditure or falsely presented it as nonpartisan nonpartisan help to voters. Independent researchers have shown that the funding dollars overwhelmingly poured into Democrat counties. No right wing billionaire my last paragraph. No right wing billionaire could have gotten away with even thinking about such an operation. But had he, the media would be all over it. A few hundred thousand dollars in Russian Facebook ads for both Clinton and Trump generated years of hysterical media coverage from the corrupt press. Yet Zuckerberg funding the private takeover of elections to secure Democrat victories has barely been mentioned, much less obsessed over by most corporate media. That's the issue. There's no more election day. There's election month. 
election two weeks. Tens of millions of ballots are sent to people who didn't request them. This is all phony. This is all a way of rigging elections. This is not a way of having more honorable elections. It's a way of having more Democrats elected. So if you're ever asked, do you believe that there was an honest victory for Joe Biden, you can say in the counting there may well have been, even though I do believe that there was cheating. But it may not have been dispositive. I don't know. You can say that. But you can also say it was rigged. And it is continuing to be rigged. The whole lie about suppressing the vote, asking people to show an ID. Can you tell me why the Democrats are opposed to an ID there, but everywhere else in society, everywhere, you need to show an ID? It's not even just contempt for blacks that it's too complex to show an ID. That's what they say. There's no other possible inference to be drawn. The Democrats consider blacks, well, they have contempt for black. The the left has always been racist, and it continues to be the single greatest racist force in America. The contempt for black people on the left is profound. They They can't even add properly, so we'll change the laws of mathematics. I mean, if that isn't contemptuous, then the word should be struck from the vocabulary of the English language. Blacks will find it too difficult to show an ID. Watch Ami Horowitz's film in Manhattan, interviewing blacks on the street, most of whom I presume vote Democrat. Do you find it uh, difficult to show an ID or to get an ID? They all laughed at him. What are you talking about? They even told him where the DMV office was, near where he was interviewing them. What, what was wrong with Election Day? Really, what was wrong? People were inconvenienced? One day in two years or one day in four years to be inconvenienced? To vote? To exercise that precious right? That's the reason people might be inconvenienced. Make more polling places. Staggering throwing around of trillions of dollars. I think we could build more polling places. We shall return. All of you out there know that MyPillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels. They've been part of this canceled culture, and they want to pass on the savings directly to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of MyPillow for their classic standard MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with the promo code. They also have queen size, regularly $79.98, now $24.98 with the promo code. Or king size, regularly $89.98, only $29.98 with your promo code. My pillow is not just pillows. They have over 150 products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on mystore.com and frankspeech.com. Go to mypillow.com or call 800-761-6302. Use the promo code Prager to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's mypillow.com, promo code Prager or 800-761-6302. 
I'm Dennis Prager, actually, the guy whose name you say when you press pound 250. I have more, but when I see a line that differs with me, it's like a magnetic attraction. So we go to Inglewood, California, and Art. Hello to you, Art. Uh, Dennis? Yes. I am uh, put put off and uh, also uh, find it to be inaccurate that you would uh, be uh, say that there are no racism in America today. I never said it in my life. I'll give you a thousand dollars. Least racist country in the United. That's in the correct. World. Isn't that different from there's no racism? I have, I, I retract that. I'm okay, sorry. no problem. Uh, but there certainly is a, a great deal of racism in America today. I don't believe that. Really? Yep. Go, go, come with me into any neighborhood uh, you like in, in this uh, country, and ask somebody. Go not door to door and ask them if they have ever experienced racism in their lives. Ever? That's yes. like asking me, did I ever? No, exper- ask young people. No, no, I understand. Yes, young people. Fine. Ever is a big word. You keep changing it from there. It's racist country to did you ever experience racism? Have you experienced racism in the last year? How's that been? Yeah, that would be good. And then I would like to ask them how. Whenever I have asked blacks who've called my show, so tell me the last racist experience. It turns out that it may not have been racist, and it turns out that they don't remember. What was your last racist experience? I went into a store. uh, Let me give you a better one, Dennis. I went into a, uh, it was in Santa Monica, California. And uh, it was nighttime, a cab came along to pick me up. As soon as I opened the door, they saw I was black. The cab just dashed, man, just gone. Hmm. So why do you think that is? Because he thinks blacks are inferior? Because he doesn't like black money? Why do you think he did that, if he did that? Because I'm black. Right, because and why did, right, that you're not answering. some sort of threat. That's right. Is, is, that, is that a foolish thought? Would he take? Would, let me ask you a question. Would he have driven away if you were a woman, a black woman? I, I have no well, idea. What do you think? I, I what do you think? I believe that you'll tell me the truth. What do you think? Well, what do you think, then? I think he would not have driven away. A lot of people are scared of black men. It's a tragedy, but if you read any news reports, you will find that if there's a school shooting, it's probably a white. If it's a random shooting in a street, it's probably a black. Do you believe? Do you believe, Dennis, that, that we are all equi- uh, born equal? Of course, we're all children of God in His image. Right. Then, what is the reason behind this discrimination? Well, what you you mean about why a cabbie would drive away with a black male? Because people are rationally or irrationally afraid of a lot of single black males. And it depends how you were dressed. Were you dressed? How were you dressed? I had a a suit and tie. Yeah, it's bizarre that he did it, I must admit. Uh, Can I I ask you one last question there? Of course. Yeah, uh, have you experienced anti-Semitism in your life? No. I don't w- w- huh? You don't believe it? Okay, there's nothing I can say then. I, I uh, you know. So why did you ask me? <laughs> You're not going to believe my answer. 
I have uh, – this is – I can tell you a cute story, but it's very illustrative. My grandfather came from uh, Eastern Europe where he experienced daily Jew hatred. It's a much more effective word than anti-Semitism. And so he came to America, and he assumed America was like Eastern Europe, Russia, Poland, and so on. So I remember when he would drive a car, and if a guy would cut him off, he would mumble, anti-Semit. And I remember thinking, I was like 8, 10 years old, how the hell does Papa, that's how I knew him, well, I don't think I used hell, how does Papa know that that guy's an anti-Semite? How would that guy know even that my grandfather was a Jew? He didn't cut him off because my grandfather was a Jew. He cut him off because he was a rude, selfish driver. If you want to see hatred, bigotry, racism, anti-Semitism in America, you will find it. Sexism, the the whole nine yards. I have not walked through life looking for it. I had a friend from Canada, rural Canada, visited me in New York City, where I lived until I was 25. We went to a a camera store when such things used to exist. And as we left, he goes, boy, I really Jewed him down. And I remember thinking, that's an ugly phrase, but my friend's not an anti-Semite. Whereas another Jew would have said, oh, that guy was an anti-Semite. I'm not saying every Jew would say that at all, but another Jew might, my caller might. I didn't think he was anti-Semitic, even though he used an anti-Semitic term. If you say, I was gypped by the dealer, are you anti-gypsy? Not necessarily. There was a phrase when I was a kid, oh, you're an Indian giver. If you take back what you gave somebody, does that make you anti-Indian? Go Dutch. Does that make you anti-the Netherlands? So, my friends, my caller lives a sad life, walking around thinking whites have it in for him. Well, they don't. Here's the, here's the kicker. Not only have I never experienced anti-Semitism, I never met a white racist. You would think among whites, I would hear a fair amount of anti-black bigotry. How come I don't? Or as this wonderful young woman who I had sit in for me, Julie Hartman, who has looked through my mail on a number of occasions, she noted, God, how come there isn't a single email to you in the thousands and thousands that expresses racism? Not one. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 
800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hey, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. People who claim this country is racist, half of them believe it, and half of them just use it to further their political and anti-American agenda. Most people who think this place is racist know nothing about the rest of the world. Nothing. That's why I say it's the least racist country that has multiracial populations. But there are very few countries with multiracial populations. I read to you, I mentioned this in passing, there was an article, I forgot where, about how much more happy Finns are than Americans. And then I read, I, I may have, I either read to me or read to you and me, how much easier it is for a society that is monochromatic. All one nationality or race or ethnicity, that trust goes down, and this is a sad fact, just does. That's why blacks like to live with blacks, and Armenians with Armenians, and Jews with Jews, and you name the group. I happen not to like that. I have two neighbors in the cul-de-sac that I live. Uh, one is uh, one is of Arab descent. They, their parents came here from Lebanon and Syria, and the other is Korean. So my cul-de-sac is Korean, Arab, and Jew, and I love it. That's my ideal. I believe in the melting pot. I have no issue keeping my own identity in addition to my American identity. I'm a very involved religious Jew. But I, I love having my uh, non-Jewish neighbors and friends for my Shabbat dinner. It was so common in my life that when my older son was about eight years old, he came to me one Friday afternoon and he said, Dad, are any Jews coming over for Shabbat? I, I take the American ideal seriously. And it is a beautiful one. People of all races getting together is a very, very, getting along together is a very big challenge. They haven't passed that challenge in Finland. Pretty much everybody's a white Finn. Same language, same everything. You want low crime rates? Look at the crime rates in North Dakota. They're basically the same as Denmark. And Denmark has more races, excuse me, and North Dakota has probably more minority races than, than Denmark does. This country is attempting something very, very difficult. The, the, the line of the left, diversity is our strength, what does that even mean? Diversity for the vast majority of human history has not been a strength. 
Diversity is a strength only if you all identify as one nation, as American. So what the left does is it takes the diversity and tells people, you are black, you are Hispanic, you are Latinx, my favorite. Anyone who uses Latinx is an idiot, is a moron. That is a giveaway. That is my biggest, if that is even a bigger giveaway than men give birth. Latinx, L-A-T-I-N-X. Most Latinos think it's a farce, because it is. Latinx, God, oh my God. The fact that they have to do this shows how little racism there is, that they have to make up this stuff. And yet this is the lies that your children swim in at school from, from kindergarten on. Let's learn how awful this wonderful world of the United States of America is. That's what your kids are taught. They swim in the lie of 1619. The country was founded in 1619. Slavery made it rich. By the way, most teachers who teach slavery made America rich believe it because most teachers are ignoramuses. Not all, most. I truly believe they're ignoramuses. To say that slavery made America rich means you are so ignorant of of what slavery was that you don't know what you're talking about. If slavery made countries rich, Brazil would be the richest country in the world. Hi, everybody. May Salem News Channel, indeed. Well, all the calls are about the racism. Some I'll take, and I can't take them all, obviously. But here's one that intrigues me, at least one. Jose in Prescott, Arizona. Hello. Hey, Dennis. Hi. I wish for you uh, two tons of happiness and joy, Dennis. Thank you so much. Uh, the story I was telling your uh, screen uh, guy is uh, I was in trade school in Phoenix, working mm-hmm. at a rental company, mm-hmm. uh, car rental. And they sent me, they sent me and another guy to uh, go get a car. And on the way there, I was driving, so I put some Mexican music. And the guy turned it off, and uh, a couple times back and forth, and finally he says, man, I wish I could, you could just go back to your own country. Uh-huh. I would buy you a one-way ticket. And I told him, you know, I thought he was joking around. And I told him, can you make it in December 3rd? That's when, uh, that's when I want to go to Mexico. What? You can go to Mexico? Why don't you just go back? Like, cause I want to be here. Right. Uh, so here is, right. So around. I don't agree with the guy at all. I happen to love Mexican music in any event, so I would have actually probably <laughs> uh, sort of uh, hummed along to it. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, that's, that is uh, obviously it, it's, it's wrong. I mean, it's just morally wrong. I mean, to tell a guy like you're listening to Mexican music – Everybody who comes here, everyone in the history of this country, especially first and second generation, are you first generation American or second? Uh, Well, my dad brought us when I was 13. Okay, all right, so you're you're really second generation. So, or excuse me, first generation. So uh, every single, not every, virtually every immigrant from any other culture wants to hear their music 
wants to speak yeah. their language. It is completely normal and completely fine. Uh, I, I, it is a non-issue. I am, I am with drivers from Pakistan who, who are listening to music from Pakistan. Is that wrong? You probably it's, enjoy it too. <laughs> yes, actually, you're right. I, I happen to love. I'm, I'm weird in this way. I love world music. I love it from all over. But anyway, that, that's my idea. But it's not racist. Well, it, it's, it, it's a form of uh, intolerance. All, yes, that's intolerance, fear, uh, overwrought nationalism. I think that nationalism can be good and can be bad. It depends how it's used. But it is not. It, it's not racism, because had you had you been playing uh, uh, Armenian music and Armenians look white, and I say Armenian because I live in, in in a city. I don't live in the city. I live. I broadcast from the city of more Armenians than anywhere in the world outside of Armenia. So if they're playing Armenian music, maybe the guy would have had the same the same response. I'm not defending it, but I I, I wouldn't call it racist. So anyway, I'm glad you called because that that's not that's an that's a, a legitimate question to raise. The do you know I think half of Latinos in this country might marry white. I think that's the statistic. It's not a, it's not evidence of a racist country. <laughs> if you if you if you asked a a guy. A 20-year-old white guy from anywhere in the country, Idaho to New York City. Hey, I got a great girl. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She's this. She's that. And uh, she's uh, she's from Guatemala. He go, ah, forget it. <laughs> I doubt it. Or her parents are from Guatemala. It's Again, people people need to... Yeah, I'll give you an example. There's a there's a restaurant in, where I live, Los Gringos Locos, the crazy white guys. Now, can you imagine if we had a, a restaurant, the crazy Mexicans? People would go, oh, racist, racist. You got to change that name. We can't joke anymore. What do I care if I'm eating in a restaurant that thinks I'm crazy? That's a joke. They don't find my money crazy. But there's no humor on the left. Unhappy people don't laugh a lot. And every leftist is unhappy. Some liberals are happy. Some conservatives are happy. And every leftist is unhappy. What they do is they project their bitterness onto society. Oh, very important. Hey, I got something for you I can't resist. It's too precious. A a Swedish college student recently decided to take a class on critical race theory. It's unfortunately American poison has gotten all around the world as a joke. So he handed in a hoax paper. Arvin Hug. Arvid Hug signed up for critical whiteness perspectives on Nordic culture. Can you imagine that? God, that's a great course. At Stockholm University. Okay. Hug thought he'd get something fun out of the harmless and absurd class. Those are his words. But he soon realized many of his peers took the American-born ideology seriously. An essay titled, 
black and white drinks, described, quote, as an account of what had happened from the early 20th century in the struggle between coffee and milk. This guy's bright. Here's what he wrote. The question one can ask is whether it is really a reconciliation between milk and coffee that has been implemented, or whether adding milk to the coffee is a way to take away from the coffee its unique properties and instead impose the black drink white properties. Milk in the coffee can, with critical glasses, be seen as a drink-based colonization. The hot and strong coffee cools and is rounded off in taste with the help of the milk, which thereby controls and domesticates the coffee. He got a B on his paper. That's right. There is nothing that you can write that is too absurd for any university in the Western world. Nothing. The Dennis Prager Show. Yes, this is in my honor because I said I love Mexican music. I do. You know why? It's happy. I love happy music. Is there an accordion in this? I don't know. Uh, well, I, I would blend in. Hi, everybody. Final segment of this hour here. And... I, I got to hand it to that Swedish student. He got a B on a paper at Stockholm University saying that putting cream in your coffee is a form of white colonization of an indigenous black population. Got a B. Why did he get an A? Maybe he didn't go far enough. Maybe he didn't advocate the end of putting cream in uh, in black coffee it's a form of subservient or I should say ruling behavior here's a paper for you if you've got a kid in college I wonder if they get a B or an A that the Wright brothers were really the White brothers and changed it to Wright just because they wanted the generations not yet born to accept them. I'll bet you somebody can get away with that. College is a farce. It is truly a farce. I wish it were only a farce, however, because then it wouldn't be as damaging. Let's get a quick one in here. Okay, Jeff in Atlanta, hello. Yeah, Dennis, let me say, uh, your audience apparently doesn't require much logically from its host because your sweeping generalizations and anecdotal stories presented as evidence of the things you say don't really hold up. Um, I, I would just say one point, for you to say that the United States did not become rich as a result of slavery is just it's laughable. It's so absurd that you shouldn't even be able to say it publicly. 
Answer my um, answer my charge but, that Brazil should be the richest country since it had ten times the number of slaves. Answer the charge, again, or we this, don't continue this, talking. This is, answer is, that argument. This is, the, this is this is the logical fallacy that 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 you use to try to. Why is it a fallacy? That, Why is it a fallacy? That, that, that aren't because because we're talking about the United States. It has nothing to do with Brazil. Okay, okay, all right. Look, I'm letting you go, not because we differ. I take calls that differ immediately. Slavery is the constant. Country X has 10 times more slaves than country Y. Country Y got got rich from slavery, but the country with 10 times more slaves stayed poor. And I'm the one with logical fallacy. That's a sad call. That's all I can say. Happiness Hour, showing up now. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.